Welcome to the Safari Stories Podcast, the podcast where you'll hear nail-biting stories about all sorts of animals and adventures. Each week, you'll get to ride along as our guests share their amazing safari stories with you. Now, let's jump into your safari stories for today with your host, John Lister. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, today, we're lucky enough to have Irving Knight on the uh, show with us today. Uh, Irving Knight runs his own safari company called Irving Knight Safaris. Irving has many years of experience uh, in the bush and particularly Kruger. Uh, we're probably coming up on 23 years, I think you mentioned, Irving? Yes, yes. yes. So, so, a positive hello, John. Hi, and hi, hi, everyone. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for this moment. Uh, always nice to share stories with everyone. So many years of experience walking um, and doing game grass in the bush. Oh, so, yeah, awesome times. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what what I will mention is we uh, had a few issues with internet last time. So this is the second time we're meeting. Um, so thank you very much for taking the time again. I really do. Thank you very much for the opportunity and thanks for that. Well, and uh, I have to admit that uh, this is uh, one chat that I've really been looking forward to. Um, you've been recommended by... Uh, not just one, but a couple of our previous guests. And so, um, yeah, I'm very grateful for you to be on here. So, um, okay, yeah. so what we'll do is um, uh, we'll uh, sort of mention a little bit about you and your background and where you currently are. So tell us a little bit about your family and what you're doing at the moment. Okay, I'm happily married. Uh, my wife's name is Anaria, beautiful. Um, three kids. Um, we're staying uh, in, the, in the bush. Okay, so we're very blessed. Um, we uh, have been working for the Kruger National Park, also for South African National Park for 23 years. Uh, we recently started our own company, Irving Night Safaris. Um, and then, yeah, so we're now carrying on. Um, we, we, we just started getting off the ground and unfortunately COVID-19 decided to start moving in and, and blocking off a lot of our guests. Um, but hopefully everything will change soon and we will go back to normal. Absolutely. And uh, I think there's a lot of people itching to get back to the bush and uh, itching to get back and see some animals and have some experiences in the park. Awesome. Yes, of course. And every day is a different experience. That's what makes, what makes uh, you know, the bush so wonderful. Every day is different. Every day is exciting. And, you know, you never know what you're going to find. And that's what makes it so wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned every day is a blessing, actually. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things I've noticed and uh, of late I've seen on your Facebook page is you're doing a few walkthroughs with um, sort of looking at tracks and tracking and that sort of thing. So uh, that's pretty exciting for anyone that wants to have a look at those. Oh, cool. Thank you. We, we just actually one morning decided to go and have a bit of, uh, you know, coffee and rust. And we picked up the fresh leopard tracks So. Uh, my wife and Nadia said, oh, well, let's just make a little movie clip because we're busy tracking the leopards. So we decided, okay, well, let's make a movie clip and entertain everyone. So it's just a nice short little movie clip just to keep everyone a bit entertained. Um, also, just some basic tracking skills. You know, it, you can't teach people about tracking in such a short period, but just some basic tracking skills. Oh, Everything helps. It's, it's nice to keep people entertained. Absolutely. And, you know, it reminds people of the bush and obviously a lot of people get very excited when they see uh, tracks, particularly leopards. So, um, yeah, uh, it was a great video for anyone that's uh, wanting to have a look. So we actually, we loaded it up fast. We have the first part and then the second part that we loaded up now. Actually, uh, my wife loaded it last night. Excellent. So, yeah, so it's two, two parts. Very, very awesome. Nice. Oh, so. What what I would suggest now is uh, maybe if we uh, have a little bit of a talk about some of your experiences and some of your stories from the park. Yeah, you know, there's so many different stories to tell. You know, every 
they different experiences, different encounters. Um, and, and it's wonderful, like I said, every day to be out there. Like this one particular story, um, my one colleague, his name was Patrick, um, very friendly man. Uh, but one thing about Patrick was he hated snakes. He just didn't want to approach a snake or get close to a snake. You know, when we walk in the bush, and it's not to scare anyone, but walking in the bush, we cover, before the time, we cover strict rules and procedures. And just to let you know, for those of you that might be scared of snakes, it's not like snakes will just come out and attack. But in this particular case, we walk. But as I mentioned, we cover rules and procedures before the time. You must just remember, when we walk, we walk a first rifle and a backup guide. There's two, always two rifles for safety. And then we take a maximum of eight people and we walk in one line. Okay, so when we walk, walking in one line is less trampling, there's chance of stepping on something like snakes and things. I'm um, also basically walking in a group with standing like a sore thumb. And you want to stay undetected. You want to use bushes and stuff to get into a sighting if you approach an animal sighting. And the whole idea on a walk is that you move into the sighting, you leave the sighting, the animal should not know that you did. But that's also one of the main reasons, like I said now earlier, is when we walk in one line, is that if, a, if you encounter a snake, most of the time they feel the vibration on the ground, it's transferred to the inner ear, and they move away. There are your lazy snakes, like a puffer, this and so, you know, that sometimes just stay in one place, but they will most of the time just warn you with a, with a, with a puffing sound. Um, so, but most of the time, snakes move away. So, in any way, if there's something that will happen, you know, with a snake or so, it will be usually the two guys that will encounter the snake first. And this is exactly what happened in this one story. As I've mentioned, Patrick hated snakes. Okay, so, we were walking, we encountered two white rhinos, uh, a cow and a calf. A calf was about maybe about six months, very small little baby calf. Um, at that point, they were about 50 meters away from us. So I noticed they were feeding, but slowly they were moving in the direction of a nice wallow, a nice mud pool. Um, it was getting warmer. So we decided, well, the condition is perfect. She might actually go to the wallow and jump into this wallow, a nice swimming pool, nice jacuzzi for Rana to cool down and also get rid of the external parasites like the ticks afterwards, rubbing itself against a tree stump or something. Um, so I decided, okay, well, I prepared the group. And what I usually like to do is before we go into a sighting is to prepare the whole group nicely for the sighting so that everyone knows what's expected of them, what's expected when we go into a sighting. It's also just for safety reasons. Um, now, we eventually start moving into the sighting. So slowly the runners from the other side of this big mud wallow, they were also approaching slowly towards the wallow. And we were now slowly sneaking in there with some nice cover on our side you know, to get into the sighting, the whole plan was that we go and sit, this nice shade, sit in this nice shady spot and then we wait for these rhinos to come to the wallow and we'll, they will give us a nice sighting, you know, that, that was part of the plan. So just before we got to this wallow and the rhinos, we were about like maybe at the most between 25, 30 meters away from them at that point and they were also getting closer to the wallow and a nice big wallow. Um, so it was a nice obstacle for safe, you know, with safety, nice safety markers for us, like some rocks and so. So we were in a really nice safe spot. But just uh, just before we got to the rocks, all of a sudden I just noticed something. You know, we're walking through some longer dry grass. We have to walk very quietly, and all of a sudden this this big snake, a most big spitting cobra, reared up right here next to me, almost like literally between myself and my colleague Patrick. And with that, I my, I just turned my head and I quickly looked at the snake. Um, as I wanted to say to people to stand still, just freeze, you know, then the snake will most of the time just in any way move away. Then all of a sudden, Patrick looked down towards the snake. Patrick was such a fright, he just said, snake! And he turned and he ran. 
but he ran the opposite direction away from, you know, away from the rhino site. And everyone just turned and they all ran with Patrick because part of the rules is, you know, when we're on a walk is that if something should happen, you know, when we have an encounter with the, you know, the guide walking in front, like in my case, then they should always, the backups your lifeline. So then they should listen to what the backups say. And in this case, Patrick just decided to run and everyone decided to run with Patrick. So eventually Patrick stopped like 100 meters away and then he all screamed at me, is this night gone? And the rhinos picked us up, so it was, was very funny at that point. But yeah, just to make a long story short, eventually the rhinos heard us and they also moved away. So we didn't get to get a nice sighting, unfortunately. It wasn't part of the plan, you know, to disturb the sighting. But yeah, well, so that um, was the one very, very... Um, and just, you know, sometimes just having funny moments in the bush and um you know like one yeah they you know like um early on we were briefly also talking but uh, you know we uh, one day had a walk where we were uh, we were following fresh line tracks and uh we had to you know with two big male lines and they started roaring not far away from us and we had to cross this one stream but it was full of sages and as we crossed the stream as we were crouching down low trying to get into this you know nice sighting eventually i spotted one of the male lions walking in behind a bush but he didn't see us he was just walking away from us so our focus was the lions and as we walk through the bush you know we cover strict rules and procedures but you don't really look at your feet as you walk you always look you know in the, in the way you're walking because otherwise you will smack walk smack bang into scenarios and in this case we walked and uh, i stepped my colleague walks directly behind me my backup in this case uh walks directly behind me we take a maximum of eight people in the group and then uh I stepped over this big python, which I didn't see. It was hiding in the sages, or just a tail, actually. Um, I stepped over it, my colleague stepped over it, and then the third guy stepped right on top of it. And all of a sudden, this thing moved, and we both, myself and my colleague, we chambered around, you know, like, because we fought lion attacking, because everyone started screaming because of the snake. Uh, you know, just this movement of the sages here next to us, and we were all, like, you know, at a freak moment there. But in the meantime, it was just a snake, but a snake trying to bite at us. But it was the biggest python I've, uh, African rock python I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Um, really, and, uh, yeah. So at that, that point, everyone forgot about the lions. So nobody was concentrating on lions anymore. So yeah, oh, wow. it, was, uh, it was just so funny to, you know, to hear all the words coming out of that guy's mouth. Yeah, that, you know, <laughs> but, yeah but, um, and I, I guess uh, 23 years in the bush, uh, snakes are going to happen. You are going to uh, see them and, uh, you know, they are going to come about. So, um, yeah, in very interesting. Exactly. Yeah, we've had some, some encounters of snakes on walks and so, but, you know, most of the time, as I mentioned, they move away. You do get sometimes puff feathers and so. Sometimes, yes, we've encounters, encountered pythons and so. So there's a few encounters we've had. Like, yeah. But yeah, just as long as people listen to what I say, then everyone will be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I, I suppose the thing is that it, it, they're pretty rare. It's very rare to see them. Uh, sometimes you see them crossing the road on a drive or something, but in, in reality, you really don't see them. Exactly. Yeah, so there's so many stories, as I've mentioned. Uh, can I just continue talking? Yeah. Uh, can I just yeah. tell you more yeah. stories? Go for Great it. Stuff. Special moment for me was also where we did a walk and picked up fresh uh, leopard tracks. Uh, we followed the leopards. I prepared everyone nicely for the sighting because I said people, the leopard tracks were quite fresh. Um, I knew the area quite well, so I knew we had a good chance of maybe spotting the leopard. The wind was, you know, nicely in our favor. Um, everything was perfect. And all of a sudden I came around this bush and I saw this, this leopard busy stalking some impalas. It was literally like 20 meters away from us at that point. I just showed everyone to crouch down. 
everyone see, you know, joined up nice and close together and we're sitting there in between his bushes just waiting for the right special moment. And it was, we literally almost had to wait for like half an hour. And then two of the impalas, two male impalas actually start circling back towards the, the, the leopards, busy feeding. And you could hardly even see the leopard. Every now and then it just popped up the ears in between the grasses and then just went down again. You know, but the focus of the leopard was on the impalas. And then, yeah, a few minutes later, then all of a sudden, this one impala walked right into the leopard and it tried to first jump up, jump away from the the leopard and the leopard grabbed it by the by the bum by the back and then uh, I first I thought at first thought the leopard lost the impala but then it grabbed it again from behind and then yeah I pulled it down and we saw the whole thing happening in front of us and this one guy actually it was a wildlife photographer as well he took a walk when he photo so yeah it's just you know some really amazing moments sometimes. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, pretty comfortable that your guests would have been in awe uh, having witnessed that on foot. Oh, no, they weren't right. No, they were in a, you know, in completely different worlds, you know, different planets. That was very fun. Okay, so we were on a game drive. Um, I'll never forget. It was the most beautiful sunrise. We had this, you know, the the, the sun was literally this red ball, mm. and and with this the dust in the air. But it was one of the dry months. The dust in the air. Um, we had this, you know, this perfect sunrise. And then I, at one point, I saw this elephant walking towards the road. So I decided to move the vehicle further down. You know, to get, especially the guys doing photography, you know, they will get really amazing photos. So I decided to turn the vehicle in such a way to have, you know, the elephant between us and the sun. Okay, so we had the sun right behind the elephant rising, and this elephant slowly walking towards us. But at that moment, as the elephant came close, I realized also the way he's walking, he had a very sloppy attitude of walking. It's typical of elephant bulls and must. They show the steer mark between the eye and the ear, what we refer to as a temporal gland. A lot of urine dribbling on the back, the, the back legs, and also a very strong, musty kind of smell. We we spotted M-U-S-T-H, must, you know, that the, the elephant bulls going to. Then I become quite, you know, and say, you know, irritated with many with many encounters. You know, they they testosterone levels build up. But in this particular case, so now this elephant bull is walking towards us. He decides to turn towards us. He wants to come and look for trouble. So at that point, you know, he was maybe about 30 meters or so away. I say to uh, the guests, you know, on the vehicle, you know, if something happened, just listen to what I say. But for now, just sit there still, be quiet. Um, don't stand up or anything. Just sit there still, be quiet and just relax. Just enjoy the moment. Take nice pictures. And uh, my words wasn't called. And, and where, we were, where we parked the vehicle, there was this culvert underneath the road. And uh, what we didn't know, there was a water that stayed in that culvert. So this water came out from underneath the road. And you could, you could see he was still very sleep. Okay, the elephant didn't notice the war talk. He was just, he was on his mission, you know, approaching us and he started picking up speed. He wants to come and charge the vehicle. And then uh, as this war talk, you know, as he's slowly waking up, he by accident looked back towards us. And I don't know what what spooked him, but I think it was just, he wasn't used to uh, something, you know, staying right at his entrance. So our vehicle was parked right at his entrance, you know, as he came out of the car. He got a fight and he immediately ran. And as he ran, he just he just constantly looked back over his shoulder, but he ran, and he with that he ran straight towards the elephant. Now mm. the elephant you could see was a mean mean boy, <laughs> and uh, at first he couldn't understand what was happening. He wanted to first charge the you know the warthog, but then he realized this warthog is not stopping. He's running the warthog is running straight towards him, and then this elephant started retreating, started moving, started moving backwards, and all of a sudden he couldn't help it, but he had to you know turn and ran. So it was so funny because the one guy took really nice photos. 
where this elephant ran and the water right behind him chasing him. It looked like literally the water was chasing the elephant or it was actually chasing the elephant. So it was very funny, you know, this big muscle elephant and he wants to come look for trouble all of a sudden a small warthog chasing away the <laughs> elephant. That was very yeah. And I, I think um one of the things <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned was um part of guiding and what you do is you you position the vehicle uh, at the siding so that uh, the people can get great photos and it's quite a skill to do that no, exactly i mean it, you know over years of doing it and then the things that you study and and also you see what people like you know you pick up eventually over time what people like especially your photographers you know what kind of settings they like um you know they with their, the views and so and we always try our best you know, to fulfill our, fulfill our guests' needs, you know, to give them the awesome opportunity, you know, that they they will go back home and they will tell everyone about the awesome, you know, the awesomeness, the the, the, the privilege that they had when they were out in the bush with us. So we always look after our guests, we always try and give them the great time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we, we uh, awesome. So we are, uh, there's, you know, there's like, uh, I was just thinking now, oh, there's uh, another story, um, you know, Encounters on walks, um, it's quite quite often, but brilliant encounters where we sometimes have a lot of action happens. It's something that you can't help for. As I mentioned earlier on, you know, going on a walk, always try and move into the sighting. These are sighting animals should not know that we. Um, so we, I like to you know cover strict rules and procedure of the people. You know, everyone listen. You know, work together and listen listen to what is expected of them. Um, you know, the thing is. It's about safety walking. Okay, so on the end of the day, you don't want to go and shoot an animal for the wrong reasons because someone made a mistake or did something on purpose. So that is why I cover strict rules and procedures with, with the guests before we start walking. And that's also why I like to, before, when depending on the animal that we most of the time encounter, I like to prepare people before we go into the actual sighting so they know what's expected of them, like I said earlier on also. Now, in this particular case, we uh, covered the rules and procedures. This particular area we were going to walk, very beautiful area as well. We walked along the stream. Um, eventually, the stream um, is a small little stream that you know joins up eventually with the with the river. Now, um, as we walked, I picked up fresh line tracks. Uh, we decided, okay, myself, my colleagues, let's follow the line tracks. I asked everyone if they find if they're happy if we follow the line tracks. Everyone was happy. Everyone wants to see lions on foot. So we decided we're going to track these lions. So I prepared everyone nicely. You know, if we do encounter the lions, what will be the way forward and what will happen? You know, the, the, there's so many different encounters and every encounter is different. But one of the main things I've learned over time, you know, especially, you know, when we get encounters, especially like lions, if they decide to charge, it's not necessarily that they will charge. 90% of the time they jump up and they run away. They're more afraid of us than we're afraid of them. But if they do charge, um, the the best thing to do is you stand your ground, face the animal. Um, it will charge up to a spot. It will eventually turn around, move away some distance. Um, and that's when we usually start retreating. We start backing out. Um, and then eventually, you know, when the line charge again, because that movement triggers usually another charge. When the line charge, we stand our ground. When the line back out, we back out until we usually nice distance away. And then from there, the animal will usually relax and just growl at you. But in this particular case, I mentioned now before the time, it was a lion charge that we encountered that morning, but it's actually quite funny after. So we followed these tracks, um, going through the bush, um, tracks very fresh. At one point, we got to this, uh, where the stream made a steep drainage, very steep drainage down, um, and some sages discovered, you know, covering the area. Um, but I noticed the, the two lionesses, 
they, they, they tracks went down into that, you know, those sages. So I said to people, this is a bit, it looks a bit unsafe, but I can't see the conditions, what it looks like further up. So we backed a bit, some distance away from the stream, and there were some, a few small bushes, and I said to my colleague, just stay here with the people, and I also explained to people, guys, whatever happens, you stay with my colleague, you stand still. If I, if something might happen, lion might charge or something, because a few times I heard some fangers making some disturbance calls further down in the stream, and I, I definitely think those lions are there, but I'm not sure about the conditions. So let me first go and investigate if it's worth it for us to go into the sighting. If it's not worth it, we're not going to go into a sighting. Due to the fact, safety comes first for the guests and for the animal. We don't want to shoot the animal for the wrong reasons or even get someone killed. So I decided to go in on my own, quietly sneak through these bushes, and I peeked over this you know, steep slope into the sedges. I didn't see any lions or anything. And I, said, and I decided at that moment, and I was just on my own, um, I decide, you know, conditions doesn't look great and it's a bit, risk, bit risky. So I said, you know, I'm going to call it off. I'm not going to get the people into this particular sighting. So as I slowly start retreating and I still haven't seen the lines, all of a sudden there's one line. I just, my eye just caught this one line. Yes, I look straight into her eyes. She looked straight into my eyes at that moment. And it was literally within a split second she was on me. Okay, not literally on me. She was charging up that slope. And she came charging after me. She literally uh, tried to claw at me. And I was just screaming. I chambered around for safety. And I was aiming at the, the lioness. And I was just saying, screaming at her, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey. But before I left the group, I said to people, like I said earlier on, stay with my colleague. And whatever happens, you stand still and you face that. Okay, so don't move at all. And I explained to them actually also before the time, if something happened and, you know, the lion might charge me or if the lion is there and might charge me, I will retreat towards you because I can't retreat away from the group because otherwise the lioness will then notice the group and then she will charge them. Okay, so that, that's not good for safety. So I, restarted, I retreated towards the group. I was screaming at the lion, you know, to, you know, the, the thing is that the human voice of that particular case can also scare away the animals much better than a warning shot or, you know, shooting the animal on the end of the day. So eventually as I came up the slope, I just noticed my colleague, you know, in a, in a constantly I heard him screaming also at the people, guys, stand still, stay where you are, stand still, stand still. And, you know, constantly I look around just to make sure everyone stands still and everyone is safe. And then I just noticed some of the people started running. And with that, more people ran. And after we explained to them, never run. Okay, so. Eventually <laughs> wow. now, you know, we, I, I joined up with my colleague. We managed to control the situation. The, the lioness went back down into the stream. You know, what we eventually know afterwards picked up that they had actually babies, uh, small baby lions that they were actually hiding away in that street. Okay, but we didn't know that first. But um, so now the funny part was, as I eventually joined up with my colleague, you know, the lion was still, lioness was still charging. Eventually we got it to back out. She was about five meters away from us at that point. She backed out. Only one lady was standing there with us. Now, afterwards, we looked back and we couldn't help laughing because as we looked back, we had this nice small, like a, a little bit of, bit of an open gap. And as we looked back, all these people were standing behind this bush, you know, the whole group, except the one, one lady, standing behind this bush, just peeking around the bush, <laughs> trying to see what happened. Now, afterwards, we, I, you know, we, myself and my colleague, we also moved out of the site to leave the, leave the lines, you know, get, give them that nice comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, we joined up with the group. I said to the guys, listen, we told you not to run. You should stay, you know, where you should stay. And, and we, we explained to them everything nicely. So the one guy, he was actually, <coughs> one guy, um, he was actually from Holland. 
Um, he said no, and he realized he's the tallest in the group, so the line might go for him because he realized when I came over that reach, you know, turning back to coming back towards them, I'm bringing the line with to them, and he decided no ways. He's the tallest in the group, so the line will automatically then come for him, and then he's going to get eaten. So he decided he's going to start retreating slowly on his own. But with that, the other people also saw he's starting to back out. He then, as he backed out, the other people also started backing out. And then he decided, no, listen, this one guy is passing, you know, passing me by, you know, passing by me. And as my colleague said, stand still, stand still. He just decided, no way. He's not standing still. He decided to turn and run. And with that, he, the whole group decided to turn and run. But it was so funny because the one lady that stayed with us, she just realized she's lost in the queue, you know, in line with, with the people running away. And she realized, and we just screamed at people, come back here, guys, stand still. And then she just realized, listen, I only hope is now the two guys. So she <laughs> turned around and she ran back to us. And then, yeah, but that's not afterwards when we were laughing, you know, about the whole story when everyone was like having a good view, but still full of adrenaline, everyone having a bit of a shake there. But yeah, it's, it's one of those encounters, you know, you cannot, you try and control people, but you cannot always control them. So it was very funny after. Yeah. Absolutely, and what an amazing experience. Um, obviously, obviously, uh, very nerve-wracking at the time, but uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, very, very nerve-wracking. You get many of those moments, but as I mentioned earlier on, also, you know, it all depends on as long as everyone works together and listen to my instructions, then you're safe. And that's the nice part, you know, just being out in the wilderness. Like I said earlier, you never know what you're going to find, never know what you're going to experience, and that's the wonderful part. You know, that's every single day is a blessing. But you know, it's, like, it's one of those exciting moments and it's, it's exciting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I've read quite a few uh, people recounting stories and they're saying that seeing a lion from a vehicle is a totally different experience to seeing a lion on, lion on foot um, because it's, it's just you and you with the animal. No, exactly. You know, that's, you know, people, especially when we, you know, when you're in your vehicle, you feel safe. You want unit, you you know, if the animal does charge or if it's close to your vehicle, you can put your vehicle in gear and you can just drive away. You know? Most of the animals, even in the Kruger Park, for example, they grab the vehicles alongside them. So you, you know, if you take, for example, the Kruger National Park, it's so big, it's about 2 million hectares big. And if you take all the infrastructure, all the roads and say, so if you link it up, you only get to see about 3, 4% of the park. So the rest is wilderness. So especially the animals close to the roads, they're used to vehicles and so, you know, they, they grow up with vehicles alongside them. So... For them, you know, it doesn't seem to bother them too much, even the vehicles. But yes, you get the, the grumpy animals every now and then that will sometimes charge the vehicles. So, but it keeps you on your toes. But, you know, when you're on foot, you know, the animals are wild, they are dangerous. And some people sometimes think, you know, they're tame, but I don't know what they think. But the thing is, you know, a lot of people sometimes, you know, they come on the walks and they think it's actually literally just a walk in the park. But then only when you have an encounter, then people realize it's actually dangerous. Okay, so... All those, you know, the animals, the big five animals, including crocodiles, and so they, they are dangerous animals. But if you if you handle a situation the right way, you'll be safe. Now, the thing is, if you have a lion on foot, it's the, one of the most amazing feelings, experiences. You know, even a lion charging, you know, the sounds is like a, like a, I always used to say, it sounds like a Lister engine, you know, a Lister engine. You start up these old Lister engines, do, 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 you know, when they start growling at you, when they warn you. They will always warn you before. They won't just, you know, charge for nothing. But most of the time, they will just warn you. And then that's when you know, listen, you know, in this animal's comfort zone, it can give the animal space. Times when animals were charged, either you took those in animal's comfort zone, the animals got babies they have to protect, the animal is 
injured, wounded, or even if the animal is cornered, there will be a reason why an animal will turn to attack. Most of the time, it must rather avoid confrontation. But yeah, it's, it's scary moments. We've had some very scary moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, yeah, I, I suppose. Uh, you know, it's, it's best times. Yeah, and, and one of the other things to remember is you're, you spend years training and you're a trained professional. This is your profession. You uh, are one at one at reading nature and reading animals and reading their behavior. And this comes with years of experience and years of training. So, uh, you know, for the typical person, it's just not feasible for them to be able to walk out in the book. You, you need uh, people like yourself who know the dangers, know how to read the situation, know what to do to keep it a safe experience. Exactly. You know, it, it, many of the things come over time. Tracking comes over time. It's about practical experience, you know, learning the animal's behavior, like you said, learning the animal's behavior, what it's going to do next, you know, where it's going next. It all comes over time of learning, learning the animals and the behavior and the environment. Um, so it's not something you just pick up in, in, and read in a book. Um, you don't just pick up a book and read all the information you want to know about the animal's behavior. Like I always say, you know, animals don't read books, unfortunately. They don't always want to do what we want them to do. But that's how you learn. You know, it's um, certain things to read in, read in books. Um, you also study. You study to become, you know, a guide, a ranger. Um, so certain things you have to study from the books, but certain things, practical knowledge you cannot read from uh, learn from that comes over time and yeah and and uh prior to the show we were talking a little bit about another experience you had on foot where um you met one of the famous uh, male lion scar scarface oh yeah yeah we actually had um this one line this one particular road in the kruger national park um it's called the s28 um this male used to operate in that particular area and for some reason this male you know, he was quite grumpy. So every time, or most of the time, when we encounter him on foot, especially, he would chart. Um, he actually had a, that's why we started calling him Scar. We had a, he had a scar of his eye. We was actually in a fight with another male, but he won the battle. Um, and in this particular case, we were walking. Um, I sensed, you know, lions, you know, when they made a kill, there's usually some friction going on. And there's usually a lot of fights going on between them. You know, it's typical, you know, like, um, just a quickie, to a little bit of the story where you find, for example, let's say lions make a kill. There's fights going on. They all want the best piece of piece of meat and biting, clawing at each other. And eventually, you know, um, after they fulfill their needs, they'll go and sleep. And many times you'll even find, especially when there's a lot of fighting involved, depending on how big the carcasses, how many lions were involved. So it all depends on how much they will eat. Um, and then many times they'll go and sleep. The stomach is not full. The, the digestion process builds up a lot of heat. And they'll usually lay a few meters, in most cases, away from each other. Because they still cross with each other. You know, my sister clawed at me yesterday, you know, that, that, that kill. Um, so eventually, after some time, the one lion will, for example, get up and go and rub the, the face in another, the other lion's face. Or even go and fall down on the other lion just to actually strengthen those bonds again. You know, to t- tell the, the sister, for example, listen, I'm sorry for yesterday. I'm sorry that I clawed at you. Will you please forgive me? So then the same encounter happens again. They make a kill, they fight over the best piece of meat, and the same encounter, they strengthen their bonds again, and that's how it carries on. But in this particular case, so we were walking, picked up some lines. It sounded like they, they made a kill, and you can hear there was a lot of fighting going on between them for that best piece of meat. Um, we decided to move in um, to get closer, um, prepared everyone, like I said earlier on, prepared everyone for this sighting. Um, remember, Going in, moving out, and I know that we're there. 
So we got into a side thing. We uh, stalked. You know, we used the bushes nicely. We sneaked and everyone worked so nicely together. We're actually a small group at that, that point, as far as I can remember. I think we were like three or four people. Um, we got into the sighting and we're sitting there watching the sighting and we realized these lions killed a kudu, big kudu bull. Um, now, they were feeding and constantly fighting. They didn't have a clue even. There. But then, you know, constantly as we sit or even watch one animal sighting, you can't just have your focus on one animal uh, that you're busy watching. You constantly need to keep your eyes open all around you because it can easily be something else approaching. And then all of a sudden, I look to to my right, and then this this lion scar himself came through the bushes, busy walking towards us. He didn't see us, and I just said, to "People, whatever happens now, just sit there, still listen to my instructions. Whatever I tell you, please, my instructions." Um, and then all of a sudden, scar stopped, and he looked up towards us, and he just immediately charged and decided to charge. So got the people up and we were standing still and I just, you know, said to the lion, hey, hey, you know, eventually, you know, just calling out to the lion, eventually he stopped and he turned back. So eventually the females also started charging because they, the killer's still new, you know, they worked hard for the kill. They start charging. So we just, you know, we start backing out. Usually what I do is when we, what I like to do is when we're in a sighting is to have the, the group, you know, more or less between us keep them safe and the two rifles uh, more or less on the side but slightly in front of the people you know if something happened we can just easily move in front of the group and we can basically then head off the charging animal so in this particular case we eventually you know start slowly backing out and old grumpy especially came after us and hopped closer and it was it's one of those amazing feelings you know when a lion charge well sometimes literally like i say hop closer like literally oh 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 you know hop closer towards you and uh and eventually, yeah, eventually we got some nice distance out and eventually uh, old Scar went back to the kill with a female. So eventually we actually had a nice view. We got onto this rock from a distance and we had this nice rock, you know, this nice view over the lines, busy feeding. They eventually accepted our presence and we had a, even had a, you know, we we're spending some time there just having a really awesome moment. But yeah, eventually we backed out and they didn't have a, you know, didn't really worry that we were in there. Yeah, wow. And uh, yeah, that's another amazing story. And uh, you can tell by all the experiences that, that you've had that you've had a long career and experience uh, time in the bush, so to speak. 23 years is a long time. Yeah, you know, I was blessed to grow up in this kind of environment, um, being in the bush, you know, doing different things in the bush, doing anti-poaching, game formation, um, being a guide most of the time, you know, the longest but yeah, like I said, you know, every single day you go out and you have experiences and that's, that's you know, it's, it's just, there's so many stories to share and tell and it's, you know, it, you know, just to live that moment is sometimes so, you know, difficult to explain a story or tell a story if the people are not there with you. It's so nice to have people sometimes there with you to, you know, literally share that story, you know, that they can see the, the story or the action with you at that particular moment. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, to be honest with you, Irving, I could spend all day talking to you because I'm sure you've got a lot of stories to share. But uh, at some point, we're going to have to say thank you very much. And um, I really do appreciate you uh, spending the time with me to have a bit of a chat and tell us a little bit about your uh, experiences and its stories. Um, to any of our listeners, uh, if you want to get further details on uh, Irving, um, he's Facebook page is Irving Knight Safaris. Um, I'll put a link in the uh, bio below. Um, one of the things I will say uh, with both uh, Irving and Jan, who was episode four, is that they are um, private safari guides, so they do earn their income 
from the Kruger. Um, and with everything that's going on at the moment and lockdown, um, it is a big impact on them. So when the Kruger opens up, um, I do uh, hope that everyone will uh, look them up. And if they do need a guide in the Kruger, uh, get in contact with them and, uh, yeah, hopefully set something up. Uh, Irving, uh, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate thank it. Thank you very and, uh, much. I know you've got a lot of stories. Uh, 23 years in the bush uh, would mean that you would have a lot of stories. So um, thank you very much for sharing a few of them with us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, may you all have a blessed day. And uh, blessings to everyone, you know, with this, uh, this, you know, this whole dilemma we're in at the moment. And, and yeah, and thanks for this opportunity. And keep uh-huh. safe. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Safari Stories podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you liked our show and want to see the pictures and videos from today's stories, please visit our website at safaristories.com as well as Safari Stories Facebook page and Instagram. It would mean the world to us if you could take the time to leave a rating, review, or comment. Join us again next time to hear more Safari Stories.